Like I just need to learn math. Like that's a skill to have in the world. So well, what was your math like? Bath- was it like three angels are on the road when and a demon approaches? Like what? How did they insert no, going God? 60 miles per hour in this direction? When will they meet? Welcome to Holy Ghosting, a podcast from your middle-aged mom friends about deconstruction. I'm Lindsay, and I have never been to public school for a single day in my life. And I'm Meg, and I went to public school for a hot minute in sixth grade and then a little bit in high school, Mm, but mostly it was all Christian school. And I'm Sarai, and I've sampled from a variety of schooling types, including public school and Christian school, and of course, homeschool school, and just homeschool at my house (laughs) as a child. You hit all the schools, girl. I, you know what? Go big or go home. That's what I always say. You're so lucky. (laughs) And so I did go home. That was really what it, the the moral of the story is. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure it was your public school that turned you into the heathen that you are now. So lesson, like to all you parents out there, Sarai is your cautionary tale. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Well, we are talking about education here today on on the pod and we all grew up as we just said in a variety of schooling but notably we went to a lot of christian school between the three of us a lot of dollars were spent on christian education and none of us grew up wealthy mind you so this was a choice that our parents made for us and i assume we all paid to go to these christian schools christian school is not free to my knowledge but i will say so my history so i'm a pastor's kid i believe i've talked about this before i was homeschooled until ninth grade so i was homeschooled for most of my life then i went to a christian high school and then i went to the bible institute of los angeles for college and because i'm biola um what a great and horrible place um (laughs) not great not i mean i made good friends there and i got a degree and student debt so i got that going for me lucky Uh, (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Oh, and I got a minor in Bible, even though I just wanted to major in public relations. So that was great. You know, put that feather in your cap forever, okay? You minored in Bible. (laughs) That's a trivia question for all you ghosties. It comes in handy when I get into Twitter arguments with people like I did today. Exactly. Where you might end it by being like, oh, excuse me. I think I'm the only one in this conversation who has an actual degree in the Bible. Right. You'll win. Suck it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I it's funny to me, like when people meet me, they do not see me as a typical homeschooler. I consider myself homeschooled because I was homeschooled for the majority of my life. And, you know, when we think of homeschoolers, I think many of us think of like mousy girls in like floor length skirts who are like don't know how to socialize with other human beings. And, and to my parents' credit, they always put us in, like, sports. I have been social since the day I was born. So I just sort of forced that. Like, I don't think I knew what I was missing. Like, now that I have a kid and she's in public school, I'm like, oh, like, there's things I'll ask, like, questions about. Like, the other day I said something like, oh, her Christmas break, like, two weeks? She gets It's really two weeks? I thought it was a week. And my husband just looks at me. He's like, it's always been two weeks. Like, public school always takes two weeks off at Christmas. I'm like, well, sue me for not knowing because I didn't <laughs> go to public school. <laughs> But and it's funny, I have mixed feelings on the homeschool experience and I did get a good education despite the fact that I feel like I mostly schooled myself. Like my mom 
wanted to keep us home. I think to spend time with us, I'm sure to shelter us. I remember a lot of Bible education. We read missionary biographies every morning. We had Bible time. We started every day. Yeah, we started every day with a Bible time and a prayer time. And that that's mostly what I remember. And then I feel like the afternoons was like, here's your textbook sort of go answer the questions and do the things like I don't remember my mom like giving me tests and that's also not like I also remember getting to a certain point in education where she was like I don't know your learnings beyond me you you do that I remember like one thing I remember from homeschool we were really into the little house on the prairie series and we like found a curriculum that like it was like using those books as curriculum to like learn American history which is what? <laughs> that's, suspect that's not um sorry to interject here but <laughs> That's not how you teach history. Just uh, for anyone out there who's maybe wanting to do a homeschool curriculum for your kids, let's just start. That's not how we teach history. Right. Um, Let's just start with don't homeschool your kids. But I mean, (laughs) so that's where I'm at. Get over this Laura Ingalls Wilder based Mm -hmm. curriculum. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. I love it. And I (laughs) also will say in the 80s, I was super obsessed with the television series, Little House of the Prairie. I thought what's his name was so Michael Michael Landon. He was was like the babe dad that you wanted. He was probably a part of all of our sexual awakenings. Just, you know, (laughs) his head of hair. I mean, yeah, like it was it was him. And then later it was Sully on Dr. Quinn Medicine. Oh, my God. Sully. Oh, I had the hots for him. But they're both like long haired, like rugged prairie prairie guys, you know, like, yeah, prairie, prairie chic. That was my that was my (laughs) thing, apparently. I don't want to be. I don't want to brag here, Lindsay, but I will say that I decided just now that I'm the queen of being homeschooled because my other big crush <laughs> in all of life was Gilbert Blythe <laughs> from Anne of Green, Anna Green Gables. Gables. Yep. Yes. And as Cece on New Girl once said, I'd ruined my life for that boy. Mm. That's hilarious. Well, I'll have you know that I hated Anna Green Gables because I was just like, that girl's head is in the clouds and she makes dumb decisions. <laughs> and my little logical self was just like, I mean, I read all those books, but every time I was just like, girl, stop it. Stop making bad choices. I was very upset with her. I but- I just think I'm your karma. I'm your Anne of Green Gables karma. I highly related to her. Would I have sent myself in a dory down a creek while I recited The Lady of Shalott? Yeah, I would have. And in <laughs> fact, I learned that whole poem. <laughs> that is some nerd shit, Sarai. Yeah. yeah. That's what being, quote, homeschooled does when you're left to your own devices and you're like, I guess my curriculum is Lucy Maud Montgomery books. <laughs> so we did hear like, that, Sarai, you are the queen of homeschool. I think for another reason is that you were homeschooled period is that correct meaning what like like that I you just were homeschooled you're a cur- no oh, okay tell me your Lindsay <laughs> no Lindsay <laughs> yeah, so she she went- we I mean, she until ninth grade, school. until high yeah. school. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Sarai said she went to public school at some point. So, I wow. I went to really fucked that up. Schools. I might, de- I might dethrone her just saying if she went you, to public school. You have more you years it. on me for sure in, in homeschooling. So, you know, tell us where your childhood took you and what schools you got to, got to experience. Mm. Yeah. Did Yay. you get to go somewhere that taught you about evolution? Oh. Mm, great question because i did not all right <laughs> ever so, 
First grade, so kindergarten, that's a school year. My mom, quote, homeschooled me. But really, she was just like pregnant with my sister and messing around with my like little one-year-old brother. And so I don't remember much besides getting like coloring pages. And at the time, of course, we were in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where my dad was attending Regent University at the time called CBN University. Shout out Pat Robertson. What's up? What's up? What's up? (laughs) And they produced in their warehouse a curriculum called Sing, Spell, Read and Write which I just checked today, it still exists. So if you do want to learn phonics-based reading, there you go. It's a lot of songs. Wow, you remember it still. I remember a lot of those songs. So first grade, I went to a Christian school. The most notable thing I remember was like that thing in gym where you play with a parachute all together. So fun. Which is kind of funny, but I loved it. And I also had my first crush on a boy with curly blonde hair and his name was Ross. And I used to flirt and I would just like be staring at him from my desk all day, <laughs> like really creepily, I'm sure. And then when he'd look at me, I'd wave at him with like my fingers because <laughs> I thought that was the flirtiest way to wave. <laughs> I like that there's different levels of waves. Then. <laughs> the sexy yeah. flirty, I'm I'm six and you're I six. I think that's how you, wave. you flirt in Christian school, right? That's definitely that's, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So that seemed right to me. Then we moved back to Oregon and I went to second and third grade at public school, which I actually liked. I loved second grade. I third grade. I had a mean teacher who was scary to me and I did not like her. Her name was Mrs. Burgess and I made up her name as Mrs. Bug Eyes and all the kids started calling her Mrs. Bug Eyes because I was secretly mean a troublemaker but (laughs) yeah (laughs) I was the kind of troublemaker that's like I want to I want to instigate but stay behind the scenes it's basically like early white lady bullshit that I was doing you know what I mean like I'd make up mean things and then other kids would get in trouble for saying them out loud and I wouldn't I would just wow wow this is amazing yeah so one day my little undiagnosed ADHD eight-year-old self got called into my reading teachers, Mrs. Burgess. So Mrs. Bug Eyes calls me in, in front of the whole class with her grade book there. And she's like, you never turn in homework. I can't give you a grade without your homework. And I was like, I do my homework. I just don't remember to bring it to school or like I'd clip it in the little clippy part of my Trapper Keeper or think I did, but just, I just never turned it in. It was, um, you know, definitely, definitely a little neurodivergence, I think, but I just didn't know that. And so she was berating me in front of the class. I was painfully shy and like very scared of authority. And she could tell, I think, that I was getting kind of freaked out. And she grabbed me by the arm. And when she did that, I just collapsed like one of those donkey toys that you can get in like Tijuana that's, <laughs> that just like collapses and held together by string tension. So I collapse and she like kind of drags me into the next room where there's a partition wall. And she is like slamming her pen on the paper while she's talking to me about me never turning in my homework and all this stuff. And I just was sitting there like freaking out because I knew all the kids were gonna hear and it was so embarrassing. Later that day on the bus to TAG, Talented and Gifted, in case you don't know, which is where we bust to a different school to go and do logic puzzles and 
10, 10 grams and stuff, <laughs> I guess. But I was sitting next to my best friend, Lisa, who always wore her hair in two long blonde ponytails. And she said, was Mrs. Burgess slapping you? And I was like, what? And she's like, it sounded like she was slapping you in there. Oh my and I was gosh. like, yeah, with her pen. She was just slapping me with her pen. And so then the story spreads. It goes everywhere. Somehow my mom finds out about it. Like I didn't tell her. I don't think. I don't remember. And then it all came out. Did she get in Sorry. trouble? Sorry. Yeah. And then we all got called to a conference with just my principal, Mr. Henry, Mrs. Bug Eyes, my mom, and me. And and you're they were like, you're eight. Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth, Sarai. And I was like, uh, yeah, she didn't slap me. She was just slapping the paper. But I also, you know, now that I think about this story as an adult, I'm like, first of all, it was fucked up what she was doing. Yeah, still. Super still, weird. Still, still not okay. Super fucked up. And that she like grabbed me and dragged me into another room uh, is enough on its own yeah, to be no, like not okay. a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't know. my. I got spanked. That's how I was punished yeah. as a kid. So I was just happy that she wasn't actually slapping me. But anyway, I got in trouble for that, obviously. Third yeah. grade is also when I stole a bubble tape from the Fred Meyer on River Road. And I still think about it every time I go to that store. <laughs> oh, bubble tape. So wait, when did you go back to Christian school? So you only did two years of public school? I only went to that Christian school the first in first grade. And then I was okay. at public school, then suddenly homeschooled in fourth grade. And that was because... After the slapping incident. After the slapping incident, yeah. My mom was like, you were turning into a brat. And I had to take you out of public school because I know that's why you were becoming a brat. Oh. And I was like, good to know. All right. Did it have anything to do with me fully lying about some crazy thing that didn't happen with my teacher? Oopsies. So yeah, that's why I was homeschooled. Then I ended up going to like a couple of different homeschooly school things. One was just once a week and we'd like do a paper and learn about cake decorating and cute things like that. And then the other one was when I was in high school, a band and math and PE little joint uh, called Logos Academy. And that's mm. where I met all of my prototypical homeschool friends, like the French braids, the white turtleneck, the denim jumper that goes all the way down to your feet. Those were homeschool girls. Like that's what they looked like. And you know what's funny? Like we didn't do like homeschool co-ops when I was a kid. Not really. Like we, there was one family I remember when I was a little older, like junior high age that had three girls. So I had two sisters. There was another family of three girls that were homeschooled and they became our friends and we would hang out with them a lot, but we didn't do like school with them. And I just remember I had a, like a bad attitude about other homeschoolers. I was like, I'm cool. They are not <laughs> like, I did Me not want to hang out with homeschool kids. They were fucking weird. I know. I still love telling people I was homeschooled and they're like, it blows their minds. Really? I just made all my friends at church and in like sports. It was Me mostly too. I just had church friends. That's what that's where I got my social life and my sisters. But quickly, I want to go back. One thing I have to tell you about the Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> like the one thing that I deeply remember about that, which is also I feel like there's nothing more like Christian conservative homeschool in the 80s than the fact that we used those books as curriculum or that there was a curriculum based on those books as I recall to teach history absolutely yes so there was a recipe in there for acorn pancakes uh, which was like a thing that they ate back in the day you know on the prairie they ate and so acorns 
you can like boil them down and make them into like a paste because they're like toxic if you just eat them. Right. And so we had oak trees in our backyard. So we made us some acorn pancakes as a homeschool assignment. And I remember we would, I just remember boiling them forever and da, da, da. and then I remember we took like one bite. We put syrup on them. They didn't look super great and like took one bite. And I just remember running out in the backyard and like barfing it out. It was so <laughs> disgusting. It was horrible. <laughs> like I feel like it was family lore for years of like how god awful the acorn pancakes were. Do you think so that maybe that- they poisoned you? Like maybe you didn't <laughs> I do don't. it. A hundred percent. It's very possible. I just feel uh, like induced also. vomiting feels like they were not. Properly- but I, can't, I don't remember if it was like vomiting because like it was so gross and I just wanted it like out of my mouth. I, I don't know. Either way, your um, body knew. Yeah, my body knew like get this out of here. So wait, so Meg, you went to Christian school that your mom taught at. Is that right? Kind of like uh, the Christian school that I went to in elementary school was also had a preschool and so my mom worked at and was eventually the director of that preschool that was associated with the Christian school. So they went from, I don't know if it was two or three years old, all the way through high school. So that was the path that was laid out for me was just, that was the expectation is I was going to just go to the school through high school and that I would know all the same people and have this tiny, tiny community. But we eventually ended up having to move We moved out of Southern California and went to the Central Coast when I was going into sixth grade. And so when we first got to Atascadero, I went to public school for the first time in my life, sixth grade. So it was like oldest kids. California, it was kindergarten through sixth grade and then junior high is seventh and eighth. So when you're in sixth grade, you're the oldest at the elementary school. Yeah, I don't know how long I went to that school. I do know it was only like a month or two. Like it was a small time. I don't, I'm not sure if it was before the holiday season or after the holiday season, but I did eventually get a scholarship to go to the private Christian school in Atascadero and uh, ended up going there through sixth, seventh and eighth grade and then went to public school for my freshman year, uh, which I've talked about in the past that I only went to the high school for a year and a half before I graduated. And I do credit my early Christian school education for at least giving me the skills that I needed to excel in the school system. Uh, It did prepare me to accomplish all of the tasks. I did not have any trouble with homework or, you know, getting straight A's, being an honor roll student, like hitting all of those targets that good, good Christian girls were supposed to hit. And so I continued to do those when I got to high school, except it was just really easy in public school at that point. Question. Do you think, I'm just curious, would you have excelled in whatever school environment that you were in? Would you feel like anything would have prepared you for? Because that's my theory. Yes. Like, uh, the education I got along the way was like, meh. like I taught myself is what I think and that I would have done well. And because I'm I think we all are that way. I read like a lot of encyclopedias as a kid. So I think that kind of <laughs> lends itself to the <laughs> yeah, answer. That'll, that'll do it. Yep. My favorite thing to do is read a thesaurus. I asked for one like for a, a gift too. because when I learned that there wasn't just dictionaries because I used to just read dictionaries to understand words and their meanings. 
But when I found out that there was a thesaurus where you could actually take one word and you could find alternate words for it, that blew my mind. So I was obsessed with a thesaurus. Oh, boy. I was obsessed with a thesaurus. I can't say thesaurus. It's a hard word to say now. It is. It's a... So it's interesting. Like, when I look back on my schooling experience and... I feel like some of the takeaways of like the things that I learned, but also the things that I did not learn, like the glaring one with Christian education, the big, big, big one is the big bang. Evolution. <laughs> well, yeah. the big like bang. that is all we're taught about is how it's not real and all the whatever like that. And then sex ed, obviously a big thing. Sex was n- not talked about <laughs> at all. Not at all. In my home, in my school, those things were just ignored. Like, Health in general sex wasn't was talked about. I think our bodies weren't, we didn't talk about our bodies in any way. Like the fact that we were changing or that we were going to go through hormonal shifts. Um, we didn't get no, like nothing. a health class that just talked about Hygiene. No, but I did take home economics in high school. So I got to make like a gingerbread house for class in my well, Christian high school. So that was a real, that really prepared me for nice. life in the it world. It prepares you, know? you for being an excellent decorator and homemaker for the holidays, which is I will the say there were thing. dudes in that class as well. But I think that Great. they were just trying to take an easy class, you know, so I, they were I get Proverbs that. 31 men. Men. Is what they yes. were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, it was. So I look back and I think I have a theory that I think that Christian school is actually the most like damaging place that you can send a child. Homeschool. I don't know. Everyone's it's so different for everybody. And I understand the need for some people to need to homeschool their children, their kids with special needs. I have a pretty bad attitude about homeschooling because for us, it was just straight to shelter us and to teach us about, you know, not a lot of things and like and i think that my mom like did the best with what she could and i have a lot of happy memories i i don't have it wasn't terrible for us and i obviously learned stuff i went on to get good grades and i have i own my own company whatever it like it was fine but it's interesting because christian school to me is the place where i'm like it was like this toxic stew of wealthy people who send their kids somewhere to fix them And then it was like half that and then half good Christian kids like myself who never got into any trouble. And we weren't taught anything about the way. In fact, I remember like one specific, I had this one Bible teacher. Ugh, man, I did not like this guy. He, I feel like he was always red in the face, kind of this like chubby Southern guy who would like yell about things. Fun fact, his wife was the cheerleading coach for our high school cheer squad. And years later, like after I graduated, I heard she took the like the girls on a cheerleading um, trip and she just didn't come back. And I was what? like, well, I was just like, I don't blame her. Oh, he sucks. Man. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember one time in his Bible class, him putting up a bunch of like making us listen to songs. This was bit secular music. So we were talking about the evils of secular music. And I remember him putting all these lyrics up like on a projector on and us having to go through line by line and talk about what was wrong with the lyrics and how it's not glorifying to God. I specifically remember Alanis Morissette because <gasps> oh, this was what song and talking about the the one where like, did he go down on you in a theater yes, like that you. one? Why did he how bring that up in Bible class? I don't know. To, that was to, literally my favorite. He song just wanted to talk to about sex, like to show us how evil and depraved she was, and that we shouldn't be listening to her. 
He's like, any takers? Any of you young people here? It's like, Like, how is this appropriate in Bible class? Come on. It's not appropriate. This is also the same guy. I don't think I've talked about this on here. I don't know that I want to fully get into it, but like I had a situation happen. Have I told you about like my... My rabbit getting yes. murdered. We've talked We've, about this, yes. right? Yeah. We all know about okay. your oh, rabbit. He's the guy that made fun of you. He about made that? fun <gasps> of me in front of oh! the class that you were in the newspaper. Like, this is the teacher, huh? That <sighs> I was like, oh, all she oh, knows to being do over to get dramatic. The paper is- have a rabbit be skinned and left in the cage. <laughs> like, Jeez. The yeah, fuck? that guy. He was, so that was my Bible teacher at Christian high school. So, and then you yeah, went on to get a degree in Bible. So, he must yeah, have inspired somehow. you. Could you could beat him in a sword drill any day? Any day. Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think those were the wonderful things that I learned in Christian school. And then as you become an adult and you, oh, well, and also let's, of course there was manifest destiny. Like that was oh, yeah. like, everything was super nationalistic pro America pledge of allegiance. Pioneers. America's the best. Did you guys do I feel like all the history I got was just pioneer shit. I mean, kind of going back to that Laura Ingalls Wilder thing. My mom was so interested in pioneers, which like, you know, They're some obsessed of our family with the pioneers. came over on the Oregon trail or whatever, but it's also like, what about everyone else who was already here? And I remember asking questions like that and being just sort of brushed off with it. Like, oh, well, this is God told us to come over here and I guess genocide oh, everyone. I yeah, mean, I, I don't get it. Asking my very conservative grandpa at one point, because he was talking about, you know, people who come over to America and how they need to speak English. And I was like, well, what about like all the people who were here first? Like, why didn't we have to like learn their language and my grandpa's like well because we won mm-hmm. that's it that's the we won so they everyone has to speak english that, oh yeah oh, okay <laughs> good talk <laughs> feels good to be the chosen people of god for some reason yeah, yeah. well the found, and the founding fathers and the constitution like they were all here you never heard i didn't know that there were bad things about george washington until way later until far after college or thomas jefferson you know they always talk about his like like slave that he impregnated like like that was a benevolent thing or something you know like like they were in love or something but just sort of leaving out the fact that he literally owned her yeah so of course you get like MLK, people liked him. You heard a little bit about like Harriet Tubman. There's your your couple of figures, but I remember it was a few years ago. I went to the newish uh, African History Museum in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and which is an incredible experience. If you have the chance, please go. Absolutely, yeah. spend it's a lot amazing. of time there. Yeah. It's incredible. But over and over again, I felt this sinking feeling in my gut of like, why didn't I know this? Yeah. Why wasn't I taught any of this? Like, yeah, I knew that there was slavery and that it was bad and that there was a civil war and then it was all magically gone. Like, that's basically what I was taught. Well, I think Christian school also, well, just the evangelical, all of it, um, did not just only tell us that nationalism was next to godliest godliness, that Christian nationalism is like the one thing that God is asking us all to do, but that also slavery ended so long ago that obviously racism also ended with it. And to perpetuate Mm -hmm. that lie 
to all of these young kids and to continue and to separate us. I think that's the big thing for me is that I was pulled out of a place, especially in Southern California. I know that the public school I would have gone to would have been very diverse and it would have been a completely different experience for me because when I eventually went to public school in ninth grade, my classes were filled with very diverse groups of people. My friendships started to become more diverse. My eyes were just opened to a lot of things. Now, I would like to say I did still have my youth group friends and I did stick very tight with my Christian youth group friends when I did go to public school. So I still had that isolation. But, you know, getting paired with different people for group projects in class Mm -hmm. with people with very diverse backgrounds from me had a huge impact, a positive impact on on me and in my young years. That's like one thing I'm really sad about is I feel like, you know, I just didn't grow up around any sort of diversity. There was one black kid in my Christian high school, one in the whole fucking school. It's such a bubble and you don't realize it when you're in it. And just realizing like the diversity of experiences or how much of the stuff I could have learned earlier understood about the world if I had been around people that were different than me and thought different than me. And I guess in some ways the sheltering worked and the fact that, yeah, I was very sheltered. I was not around people that were different than me at all. So like what the goal was accomplished in that. But it just, I feel like I missed out. I had to learn some stuff like the fact that racism is real. Like I had to learn that in my mid twenties, like, come on, you know, and, and beyond, like I'll be unlearning a lot of that for the rest of my life. Sarai was, do you feel like you were relatively in in a bubble? (laughs) (laughs) Just laughing over there. Oh my God. Um, Yeah, of course. I mean, that was the thing. And I think Meg nailed it when you were talking about this sort of separatism where it is about taking your kids out of, you know, the worldly environment and worrying about your kids becoming too worldly. You know, I think that's probably what my mom was referring to when she said I was turning into a brat. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, you know, I probably was a brat. I don't know. My kids are brats sometimes. (laughs) Kids do that. But yeah, I definitely felt like I was given, here, read this, write about it. And basically like you're self-directed from a very young age. And so I think for me, I do agree. I think that Christian school wouldn't have been a place I liked being at that time. I always have been a little too curious for the tastes of people who would like to indoctrinate me better. Like, even though I was very, like, compliant and doing the thing, I also always had questions about, this doesn't match up with this. Like, why? Or why? I remember once asking my mom, why do people have kids? Like, that's weird. There's so many kids that already exist that don't even have families. And she's like, so we can populate the earth (laughs) be fruitful and multiply and we have children so they will grow and have children and I'm like I yeah that's not an answer outnumber the Muslims that's well it is I mean it it literally is about (laughs) which is literally told to me yes like oh really yeah wow that's a much more honest answer I think I'm I'm not from my parents but it was a thing that was like taught to me I know it's like a theory in with Mm -hmm. Christians need to have more babies because yeah the Muslims are multiplying faster yeah, I think it's I think it's the kind of thing that they're getting at is we recreate we continue boosting our numbers by 
just progeny. And it, it because evangelicalism is meant to be, it needs to be told to everybody. And um, but it is also not really for everybody. So yeah, I definitely spent a lot of time on my own. One of the things I think a lot about is words and you know, we all revealed what huge word nerds we are with our love of our weird mutual love of reading a thesaurus and all those things. Like I think about the word ignorance a lot and I don't think it means somebody just doesn't understand stuff or they just haven't been taught or something. I literally see the word ignore in ignorance. Like you can't spell ignorance without ignore. And I think it's a lot of we have created our own lore, our own mythology around all science and even history and other every topic, literally every freaking topic you can turn into a way to indoctrinate or a way to train people in your ways of thinking, whether or not that squares with anyone else's reality. And that's the damaging part for me as a, a kid, like being basically taught to ignore anything that kind of causes that cognitive dissonance where you're like, I really care about this. I really believe this, but this is challenging that belief. What's going to be stronger, my own mental hold on what I think is true versus what I'm seeing? Or is this thing going to challenge that to the point where my my beliefs become suspect and I have to dissect them myself? And I think that's part of what's so scary for people encountering information that is counter to what they were taught or what they believe. Like pioneers were all good. It was good for us to come to the new world and murder all of the indigenous people so we could take their land and now live on it to this day. Like that is fucked up. But we didn't know that because we were taught Laura Ingalls Wilder curriculum. And all of those things are not the whole story. So I think that's a lot of it is like, honestly, this embracing of ignorance, it isn't because they're stupid. It's not because they're not able to be informed. It is because you are, it is such a life shattering thing to be made wrong. And when you are confronted with information that makes you potentially wrong, the automatic response to that for most people, especially those who are like very dogmatic in their beliefs and how they cling to those beliefs, they just simply have to dismiss the thing that might be true because it challenges their beliefs to the point where they're gonna break, you know? They can't be made wrong because then that means they need to die or something. And I think a lot of it comes back to, and this is so much of what we are taught, and it's like this, the inerrancy of scripture, like that it cannot, be wrong. There is nothing wrong with the Bible. It is perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. Some of the homeschool curriculum I did, like there was a company called Abeka. I know we did that. We did these like life packs. And but Bob Jones was a big one. So Bob Jones University, a lot of people it's a very conservative Christian university. As I recall, like back in the day, I think like men and women had to walk on like different sidewalks. Or I mean there was, you know, like weird dress codes and stuff. So I looked up, they still make homeschool uh curriculum. And their top feature, so their textbook features, you know, they're saying things like, we're making learning fun and there's multiple learning styles and yada, yada. Oh, they also say that that they uh, teach critical thinking, which is yeah. funny to me. But their number one, the first thing that they say is uh, their feature of their textbooks is a biblical worldview. 
So BJU Press textbooks demonstrate how all subjects help us understand the world and the work God has given us in it. When your child sees how the subjects he is learning will help him take the place God has for him, a sense of purpose emerges that creates a desire to learn and share. Obviously, I was pointing out the fact that it's very gendered. They're they're clearly making textbook for Christian boys. Mm I don't know. Like, that's the gender that exists in Those their mind. Those are the ones we need but to I educate just, is just the boys. Right. And, and and I understand because I was raised in this. Like, for evangelicals, the thread is like, God is in everything and we can't teach any subject without God. I'm like, can you just teach math? Can we just learn some? Like, I get with science, but like, also science isn't it's not all evolution. There's other things too. You can, like, it just, it, it feels like the fear of like, if we don't insert God into every subject that you ever learn, you are going to turn out to be a heathen or something. I, I, I just don't, I'm so far removed from it. And obviously again, that's the way that I was taught, but I'm like, why couldn't I just do like my Bible time in the morning with my mom and read our missionary stories. And then I just go do like a math lesson. Like what, what is so <laughs> wrong like, I just need to learn math. Like, that's a skill to have in the world. So well, what was your math like? Bath. Was it like three angels are on the road when, and a demon approaches? Like, what? How did they insert no, God? 60 miles per hour in this direction. When will they meet? <laughs> it, no, it all comes back to intelligent design. Mm. Everything in math and in science, it all comes back to like, well, this couldn't be random. God made this. And as a person who does still believe in God, but I also believe in science. First of all, I just don't care that much. Like, I don't care where it originated from. Like, evolution happened. It did. Like, there's proof. No I don't about know. It. And that doesn't have to, like, threaten my faith. Yeah. And so the same thing, like, the fact that I think that a document written by a bunch of dudes who didn't even know each other, like, if there's mistakes in that, so? Like, we all make mistakes. Like, use it as a guide. There's some good things in there, and there's some, like, problematic shit in there too so it's just like that's the thing that there is no room for nuance there is no room for conversation it is this way or no way and obviously like that's working out really well for all of us in our walk in our (laughs) like Mm. that's the thing and i know we we've talked about this a little bit before is that like the idea that like we're going to shelter and protect our kids we're only going to teach them like godly ways so they're going to grow up to be like godly women and da 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 and like turns out you can just grow up and like learn about the world and believe what you want to believe like no amount of homeschooling or christian school is going to change that and in fact i would argue that maybe it does the opposite it pushes people away because it's so indoctrinating and so intense and so just full of fear-mongering that we want nothing to do with it I honestly, I credit being homeschooled with having that ability to think for myself. I I don't think that was the intention exactly, but I also don't think it wasn't. You know, I think my parents both really value kind of intellectual ability and the ability to parse ideas and, and have conversations about them, especially my dad. I really do feel like that experience of having such a writing and kind of persuasion type based uh, education from such an early age really did help me channel curiosity and have these skills and the ability to do research and to understand things in a different light. And that I don't know exactly what 
made me feel safe doing that. But it was probably a lot that I just did that as my schooling. That's how we all focused it. And that's cool. I thought that was cool. I did homeschool my kids for, you know, a part of the pandemic and didn't send them to like the hybrid education or whatever. And I, I'd i like to touch back on curriculum because I think it's fascinating what you can find out there for curriculum, especially if you're looking to do secular <laughs> homeschooling. Like you can't even find, you'd have to Google like secular <laughs> homeschooling curriculum. Right. And like nobody it's calls their homeschooling yeah. secular for one. And second, there's not any really that <laughs> yeah. you can buy. I I asked my good friend who is a is has homeschooled her kids for a really long time and she uses a certain curriculum and ha- she's like, "Hey, they also have a secular curriculum that just doesn't have like the Bible class and stuff." So I was like, "All right, cool. I'll just buy that." So I got it for my kids. Fast forward to all the fucking history books are exactly the same shit we learned as kids. Like Ugh. nothing has happened or we haven't. No, just the the story of America oh. and the story of like pioneers and the and, like, story Thanksgiving of Thanksgiving and like Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah all of these po- pieces of lore that have woven together to give us this sense of like, yeah, we're Yay, fine. America. We're yeah. America. Like without having any of the context of anything that happened to people who aren't white people. It it was really weird to see it. And my kids, luckily I had this amazing nanny, Essence, who was our who was teaching them because I had a full-time job. And, you know, it's just how it had to work out. But thankfully she was able to temper some of those lessons and, and provide some perspective about other people. Um, especially because she was a black woman. So I'm grateful that my kids got that education from somebody who could teach it to them better than I could have. And also I feel terrible that she had to go through and relive the trauma of being taught that bullshit while my kids were learning it. It, it, It's weird. It was really hard to find a curriculum that wasn't overtly Christian but even when I found one that pretended like it wasn't, the book still reflected that as kind of the center. And that was horrifying to me. Not going to lie. Mean, I think because the reality is most people who choose to homeschool are doing it for religious reasons. Yeah. They want to opt out of the system. And and not I, only do they want to opt out of the system. I do want to also mention white supremacy. I think that that's something yeah. we've we've kind of touched 100%. on. And I think it's definitely something that is really key and important. It's not anything that any evangelical is going to come right out and be like, oh, yeah, I just only want my kid around other white kids. But that's Mm -hmm. the impetus of why we have private schooling. Right. Yeah. And it's It's literally segregation academies is why those exist. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's. It's why the Betsy DeVosses of the world are out here trying to bring down the public school system, which is like, sure, it is not perfect, but it is a safe and diverse place for kids. And, you know, watching how some of these safety nets were taken away during the pandemic because kids couldn't go to school safely. It was just, you know, knowing my daughter goes to a Title I school, which means that it's, you know, doesn't perform well and we are in a low-income neighborhood. And 
that school is like the people who work in it like love those kids so much and it is it, it, it's a safe haven for people and it's a place where kids can go get fed two meals yep. a day and they have you know a warm place and people who are checking in on them and you know i i had a parent teacher conference the other day and the glaring differences become really obvious when you're you know talking about she was saying something they had their first field trip ever because my daughter's in second grade so she started school in she started kindergarten she did zoom kindergarten so she's only oh. been to school during covid times wow. and her teacher was so they went on a field trip and my kid freaking loved it i mean they took a bus <laughs> they went to the hoyt arboretum they went and learned about trees Ooh. and you know her teacher was saying something about how like she was like yeah i can tell margo goes a lot of places she's seen a lot of things and she was like for some of these kids like this is literally their only opportunity. Their their families don't have cars or their families like aren't safe. She's like, they can't necessarily go outside and like on the street that they're on. So they play video games all day. And it was just like one of those realizations of just like, oh, like again, I'm not trying to be sheltered and like distant from the people in my neighborhood. It's just like you, we live in different worlds. And I think that like, I will say, I know not everybody can do this and every kid is different, but I will say I am a middle-class white lady who moved to an affordable neighborhood in southeast portland and like if people like me do not send their kids to public school the public schools are never going to get better and they will never be equitable because it's people like me that fight for the changes and fight to have supplies and fight for children's rights and more teachers and more aids and, and all that and it's just i get that schooling is really tough and people like it's it's your kid right you want the best for your kid but we also need to want the best for all kids. And I know that that's really hard and it will ruffle some feathers, me saying that. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are several families on my street and only one other family on our street sends their kid to our, you know, neighborhood public school. And I, I get it. Like I said, every kid is different and, and I'm not trying to judge. I just want us to think outside the box. And I want us, it's like, it's like with everything, right? Like with everything in our world, like we gotta let go of this american individualistic what is best for me and we have to think what is best for our communities and like investing in public schools is like having free public education is it's a gift and it's something that we need to uh, fight for sorry that's my little sermon <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay for school board i'm here for it <laughs> what <laughs> I hear it's really fun to be on a school board. Super fun. I'm sure that like it wouldn't be life draining at all. Yeah, we need our we need all of our tax money that is going to go to support our local schools to be in our neighborhoods. We need our neighbors and our kids friends to all have the same access and not just I mean, that's silly to say, not just our friend, our, our kids friends. <laughs> I want everyone to have access. Just the people we like and choose. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's why certain things too, like public charters are an awesome option. Like it gives people a diversity of education. Like I have friends that teach at a couple of different charters in Portland and they're amazing. So do your research. Don't shelter your kid. I feel like they don't really vet teachers at Christian schools. They're just like, yeah, you, sure. You can teach here. I taught at a Christian school right out of college and all I had to have was my bachelor degree and no teaching experience was required, although I had kind of adjacent experience. Uh, but that was kind of wild. That was me teaching a Becca, a lot of a Becca books, by the mm. way, in this Christian school I was teaching at just for the uninitiated. It is a very Christian 
lens, white supremacist Christian lens. If I, so I mean, I think honestly, yeah. deeply, yeah, Christian nationalist level shit. That was a was the curriculum that I was mandated to teach in this fake school. <laughs> My sister came with me, like be in my class sometimes because I had a lot of kids that had like severe needs and they didn't, I had no support of any kind at all there. So it was just me and like probably five kids with truly like severe mental health issues that were so deep. Like a kid would hallucinate and another kid was almost as big as me and he like hit another kid with his lunchbox in the face and stuff. Like it was just so much. So anywho, we're in chapel one day and the pastor's wife, she was up playing the piano and it was like around Thanksgiving. And so we were singing some seasonal tunes. And one of the songs that we sang was uh, using the word Indians. It featured that like sound that was like what we thought of as quote Indians, like kind of a war call. Peter Pan. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's yeah. Peter Pan. It is. It's yeah. fucking Peter Pan. So it's that was happening in chapel. And me and my sister were literally just sitting there with our mouths wide open like, what the fuck is this? It was so messed up. Like that's that's nuts. So yeah, I on the other side of it, it's just a bullshit factory, to be honest. It's it's terrible. And yeah, like I have issues sometimes with public school and kind of our factory-based school mentality. But at the same time, I recognize that it has so much value. Like literally just for my kids to know other kids their same age is amazing. That's a wonderful thing. It gives them confidence. It gives them social skills. They enjoy school. They like going because they want to see their friends and, and be with their peers. And I think that's magical. And honestly, I hated being isolated as a kid. I, you know, we, before we, I was homeschooled for about two years without having any kind of real outside thing besides church. And that was the most excruciating time of my childhood. It was so lonely. And I didn't like being alone like that. I, you know, besides just my church friends that I'd see on Sundays and maybe have some sleepovers and stuff, like I just wanted to be with kids and I couldn't. I mean, I was with other kids, but you know, I was older. Yeah. Yeah, etc. So yeah, I just I think I'm grateful for that too. I think it's really valuable. I think my kids benefit from it, having seen them languish at home for a year, a little over a year. They really, really, really wanted to go back to school, and um, and I think they're both very happy that they're there. So kind of weird that we had a little homeschool year. I had thought about it before. I had thought like, oh, you know, I had no friends that did unschooling, which mm -hmm. is sort of akin to what actually happened for me. You know, it's just right. like kind of living your life and discovering. It always feels like a more like hippie. It feels like a very Oregon version <laughs> of yeah, homeschooling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All of the people like, I know, yeah. <laughs> I was Definitely unschooled with a lot of like Bible and prayer as well. <laughs> Exactly. I, it's like what I was. <laughs> Maybe throw in a some kind of workbook so I could like pretend like I learned math or something. That was that was it. But yeah. I don't know. I think it is a value. And again, like the separatist idea, the let's keep our people pure, it is another word for separation is segregation. So I think it's important for us to constantly go back to the fact that honestly, like White evangelicalism does have its roots right in the heart of oppression and um, white supremacy. And 
that may or may not be apparent to people, but it is what's there. So let's start to look at that and maybe make some different choices. Maybe. Meg, you got any uh, you got any parting thoughts or uh, ridiculous stories from your time in Christian education? I don't think that I've taken a lot of time to think back on the negative impacts of going to private school my whole life as much as I have over this past week when we've been talking about this subject. And it's been really fascinating for me to to realize it's not just the isolation from history, science, um people it's also the fact that everything that i was taught was one in pursuit of glorifying god which i don't even understand how that's happening but the other thing i found fascinating as i was digging back through like problematic things that i learned there was a real earnestness to the teachers they really did have what I think is, you know, like our best interest in mind and that they were just operating within a system that they weren't able to recognize why it was built, how it was built, the function of it. And I think that that's really sad. I think there are a lot of really amazing adults and teachers and people who are passionate about different subjects that if they had just been able to take that Christian lens off, I think I would have benefited a lot more from their knowledge and their the education I could have received. And the fact that everything had to always turn back into service of the kingdom or service of the church or service of salvation, I think w- is where a lot of that harm came in because we weren't able to ever come to a conclusion, like a natural conclusion about things we were discussing or learning. We always had to force feed it back into scripture or rules of you know how we were supposed to live. And I think that that stunted that part of my brain, that part that was able to self-reflect or, or listen to that voice in my head that it wasn't the Holy Spirit or wasn't the devil on the shoulder. It was like getting all of the Christianity out of learning has freed me and freed my brain to actually be more empathetic to other people, to put myself in other people's shoes a lot easier, to see the world through their experiences. Because if everything isn't pushed back into white evangelical God-he-ness, suddenly you realize there's so much more to learn. There's so many more experiences that we can have. And that's been the thing that's been really exciting for me is being able to recognize now that I can break that barrier of that cycle of everything has to go back to God or back to salvation or back to my Christianity. Once it's not the answer, once it's not the only end result, there's so many more paths. There's so many more experiences and there's so many more things that we can learn from each other. So I, I do wish that that all those teachers were able to like give me not just a God perspective on everything, but just a perspective. And if God is as big and divine and powerful as we say that they are, then why do we need to weave them into every last little thing? Like God doesn't need me to put them into my English lesson, <laughs> you know, like... 
so I'm trying to use non-binary terms for God these days. Um, but, you know, I think back and it's funny, speaking of English, my high school English teacher was my favorite teacher because he was passionate about the subject. He was funny. He was like, and we did not read Christian books. Mm-hmm. We read... I remember we read the Iliad, the Odyssey. We read Great Expectations. We read a ton of Shakespeare. And like one of the things this professor did, he always wore this. He was young. He must have been like fresh out of college. He was so passionate. He always wore this like tweed jacket. And he had this like funny little lamp on his desk. And he he had all these. He would print out so many. He had all these printouts because they abridged so much shakespeare and so mm. what did he call them wlas he would print out all these and they were wonders lost in abridgment is ah. what he called them and he would like print them and make us read all these parts that he would find like all the like he was just a wacky english teacher and i don't remember him talking about god ever and i learned a lot. I, I i just listed off every book that i read in high school you know it, and it was meaningful and i think that that's the thing is that people need to realize that like we don't have to shove god down people's throats over and over again even if that's your worldview and that's what you believe like like the divine is there and will always be there and like is woven into things and as like i'm a person who still believes that and i don't need that in my english class and (laughs) you know i just got out of english guys (laughs) (laughs) we need to go protest or whatever put the take the god out of english like what is it it's a turn now it's like the reverse of what we protested for and yep, this, I mean, it's the same thing as like, why did why did we need to see you at the poll day at my Christian high school? Like, yep. that was very unnecessary. Do you want me to end on an incredibly embarrassing story about me? A thing that I did that I deeply regret in Christian college? Definitely. Yes. OK, 100%. great. Let's just I'm let's in. just. So um, my Christian college hosted a uh, I don't remember what they were called, but it was like a persecution reenactment. Oh, Okay. Tell me more about and I this. Must, I was young. I must. I think I must have been a freshman because I remember I still lived on campus. And mind you, like I just want to paint the picture for you. But like, there were girls' dorms and boys' dorms. There's really strict rules about when they could be. Like boys could come into your dorm room, but it was like literally for like two hours. Your door had to be open. It was in the afternoon. It was like a whole thing. We did not. Was have it every day? Di- we only had like one day. A it week. was only certain days. What? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe like two days oh, a week. Geez. And then. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Does sex like, not happen on Tuesdays and Thursdays? Is that well? It doesn't the general. Ever you can't do it in your dorm. Not with the door open. No, but no, that's why you yeah. had to keep the door open. You're you had to leave room for the Holy know. Spirit. Listen, um, this is why I got involved with drama. So I'd have a key to the costume closet, oh, or I could go on the catwalk. Look at you. That's where you make out with people. Well, that's why I moved off campus as soon as I was allowed to. Uh, I mean, like immediately. There was no dancing allowed at Biola, like no student, like dances were like, so there was a lot. It was a strict place, right? So then we have this persecution thing where a bunch of people come from other places, not just Biolins, but I like volunteered to be a part of it or help with it or whatever. So they gave me a job and my job was so like, however the reenactment works that you were, I don't fully remember, but they would like grab people and there's, you're supposed to be like torturing these people and like making them feel like feel like they're being persecuted for their faith right like i think they're all together like worshiping somewhere on campus and the people come in in like their costumes and they like bring so then in they gave costumes me- like Les Mis, like what are you no, like are you like, it's like they're pretending just, to be secular they're people. just wearing like 
they're just like wearing black like you're getting raided by the chinese government you know oh my god like yeah oh yeah and and they're coming oh, in yeah. and they're so they're this, yelling things at you like so i i got cast as a jailer oh and there was like this little like broken down it was like basically like a slab of cement that they told me this is your jail and it was basically like you can keep when we bring people when our guards bring people to you you can keep them here as long as you want you can yell at them you can like you can't like touch them or hurt them but they gave me cans of wet cat food ew oh they said and i couldn't make people eat them but they're like you can open it you can like make them be kneeling and like put their like make them like put their face up to it or whatever why like, oh my god because i was supposed to be torturing, torturing them? them okay no this For, sounds like a stanford prison experiment gone exactly and it was like wrong. no internal I, review board at biola i guess no cool. and i was a little bit like like i had never done this before and so it was like one of those things where i was like you know i'm like committing to my role but i look back and i'm like it was also unclear. Nobody would come and check on me and nobody like gave me. So I was just like co- kind of mean to people for an afternoon. And then I would like let them go after a little while. Cause I was like, well, I can't keep you on this concrete slab smelling cat food for like an hour. That feels weird. <laughs> oh my God. So, and then I'm like, what did that do? So I don't remember any, like how it ended. I just remember I had people that I yelled at on a concrete slab with wet cat food for the Lord. Is so this supposed to encourage your it's supposed to make them in your face no <laughs> Soraya's just i just need you all it to know Soraya's is dying cannot. she's losing it i'm trying to should, understand because it is fucking <laughs> ridiculous it is so <laughs> insane like, i mean we okay at my christian school we had like know. a slave day which is very oh problematic where you would what? buy people sorry, I'm dying. and then they would carry no, your you books or your people? backpack yes you it was it was like to what? raise money for the student council or something. No, I think they call it that slave day. Did they call it? Slave? I think it was oh called God. slave. Shut I don't know. Up. I don't know any other name for it. Can Christians be any more on the fucking nose? God, and then they, and then they would imagination. Just, don't just go back to your usual tricks, people. It's uh, it, oh my God. I, I am. I am. Okay, that's bad, right? But this yeah. persecution day oh, is like is it is preparing you for what the rate no, the government it's not raids? preparing you. It's I think to make you feel in your heart like what people in China are going. Like it's oh to make God. you aware of how persecuted Christians are in the world. This is what people go through every day this, for the this gospel. cat food situation. You better not was deny yeah, to help you. Yeah. Uh-huh. That that was just to like really like show how terrible it could be because I, I couldn't like waterboard someone right so honestly like, christians love persecution so much they love it's just it. like they such love an it. important part of our it, origin like why story. are we practicing yeah. abusing people for the benefit i know of- and why was i given free reign to just be mean to people for an afternoon like and don't get me wrong i was young and stupid i had i kind of had fun oh i'm sure you know I mean, like when i look back and i feel old, ill so. i'm like <laughs> Right. I was yeah. like, I did that. Oh, that's gross. That's really gross. So I'm sorry. Here's my apology. I'm sorry to anyone that I jailed on a concrete slab and I made you be on your knees and smell wet cat food. That was really stupid. And <laughs> regrets. So Full I regrets. I have big regrets. So Listen, I will start a Patreon for your therapy fund if you were abused by Lindsay in this very specific way on that <laughs> one. Laugh. Weird insane day what in the world but also this wasn't the only time that they did this no it's i like think it was like an annual oh my god 
that's the other part of this is this this perpetuating this idea with generation after generation the persecution narrative man suffering makes you better like it's it was a real thing that we uh camped out on when we were younger I've been sitting on that story for a minute. I, I knew that it would be a good one for the pod. And I can't. I'm just deeply embarrassing, like deeply embarrassing. But it needs to be told. So it's amazing. I feel like my face has actually turned purple from lack of oxygen <laughs> because I like I just I just literally can't believe that's a thing. I'm going to look them up to and see if they still college. exist. Like I, I want to see if this organization or if something still exists like this because I feel like we'll need to like post about it on social media or like oh my God. put it in the show notes or something like uh-huh. I need to know. Yeah, because I did not make this up. This was a real organization that did these persecution reenactments and man, and we- oh, you've just given me another business idea. Frankly, <laughs> I'd say we start booking shows of holy ghosting at Christian colleges across the country, which mm. that's going to be a feat into uh, unto itself. But also, we go through with this IRB rejected internal review board rejected psychological experiment for Christians to be persecuted. Like we just raid their chapel and be like, yeah, go smell cat food for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're going to reference this like in future. Like this is a now that you know this about me, there's no. I just I also have this like absurd <laughs> picture in my mind of like the a middle of a field somewhere with a slab that was maybe for like a shed that never got put up. So it's not that large. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And yep, then you're yep. out there with, you're just like pacing. You're just like, I'm just, I'm uh-huh. here. I'm ready. Then the, the yeah. guards bring you. I was high. Yes. I was high on that power. The power yeah. that they The gave guards me, bring you people like, and you're just like, yeah, and get like, on your I knees. Do- I don't know why. I think of them as on their knees and you, you are not tying their hands behind their back, but you're like, put your hands behind their back and they do it. It's like, cause that's the other thing is like, yeah, we're just yeah, going to do whatever maybe, we're yeah. told. They trained us to do that too. They trained us to do whatever anyone who we are told is in authority, we must obey. So little Lynn's yep. over here with her cat food and everyone's like, okay, kneeling down, putting their hands behind their back and then like themselves leaning forward right to like Mm -hmm. give themselves a retching time or something but the amount that each person participated to to in the name of jesus it is mind-blowing also people signed up to do this like let's go have a prayer meeting where we know we're gonna get in be fake persecuted that sounds like a fun way to spend an afternoon. Let's do that. And we don't How know what kind of torture the- they're going to do, but let's do it. I think it'll involve some wet cat food. Did you sign up to be a persecutor or did you just randomly get assigned that role? I think like- I randomly got assigned. Oh, man. Yeah, because awesome. I did not know what I was getting into. I was just like, oh, what's this about? Like, I, I it wasn't like a thing I ever did again. You know, like it wasn't a thing I had. I hadn't attended one. I just think that like my guess is probably like a roommate or a friend was like, let's do this thing. And I was like, OK, like because <laughs> uh, I don't remember how I got involved. I just remember being involved and like and even then I remember like a day or two later being like, mm, that was kind of messed up what I did. You know, I wasn't even like I was proud of myself. Like in the moment I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then late, and later I was like. That was weird. I mean, you did follow through, right? Like you did your job. You you like checked yeah, off everything right. on the list of like to do's. Mm-hmm. You did excellent, I'm sure. 
Yeah, and I didn't cross the line. You know, they gave me the lines, the things that I couldn't do, and I didn't do those things. But I'm like, it's so yeah, And it is so I'm wild. It's like what Soraya was talking about with this teacher, you know, grabbing her and physically harming her in that way, and then verbally harming her and abusing her. It's like mm-hmm. we didn't think any of that stuff was was crossing a line because we were spanked and we were yelled at and we were verbally abused. And if that is happening with all of the safe adults in your life, then sure, you're going to perpetuate that same thing to other young people around you in your friend group and not think anything of it. Yeah. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, folks, let me tell you, we... If you are listening to this and you're like, holy shit, these ladies were raised in a cult, you are probably (laughs) not that far off. Cult-ish, cult-a-jace, I would say. Uh, And yeah, the fact that we continued on when I was an adult and I could choose where to go educate myself, I chose to go spend a lot of money to go to this Christian university. Honestly, everything you say about Biola makes me suddenly be like, wow, Central Christian College of Kansas was like a legit school. (laughs) I learned things there. And also like nobody made me persecute anybody else. Although I've definitely would have participated had that been a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple good professors. I did learn some stuff like there was all my friends were the art kids and like the there's like a radio TV film program. And like I have several friends who graduated from there and they all like work for like Disney and ABC and crap now. Like, you know, they taught some people some things. I don't know why I'm defending them, but for the most part, it was not. I made some good friends and that was I paid twenty five thousand dollars a year to have some good friendships. And a degree in Bible. And persecute people. And learn how to persecute Christians. And I learned how to persecute Christians. So was it worth it? Absolutely. (laughs) So we're here to tell you that if you send your kids to public school, they're probably not going to be taught how to torture other people. So that's cool. And they will be fed lunch and taught about evolution and sex. So I think that those are good things. And with that, this has been Holy Ghosting. (laughs) Holy Ghosting is a same team media production. Music by Weep Bar. AP Weber produced the show. We'd like to give a special thanks to Meredith Hawley and Eris Conflict Resolution for consulting with us about our stories. If you have a story of abuse and you're worried about telling it publicly, they're available to help you tell your story in a way that keeps you safe. Find them at erisresolution.com. Thanks for joining us. And if you miss us in between shows, you can find us on socials posting almost every day at Holy Ghosting Pod, Instagram and TikTok. You know what? I think the lesson from this episode is always keep some wet cat food on hand just in case someone needs you to teach them about how being persecuted feels. That's a diabolical thing, by the way. That Who thought of that?